Hey, welcome everybody to the Van Chat. Let's see, this is the new Sunday format for the Van Chat, and I think we're on Van Chat number 27. So, uh, got Bob joining in. Thanks for joining. Hey, glad And we got a rigid structure for this new format right here. We're going to be talking about two uh, topics each week. So, this week we'll be talking about solar and road trips. Uh, then next week we'll be talking about heating and overlooked gear. The week after that we'll talk about water and radios, then uh, cooling and the mobile office. Then we'll talk about insurance, first of the year, and that trailer, or a trailer. And then uh, come up with some more topics to fill in, depending on how the show goes. So, uh, stop sharing the screen there. Uh, I know you've been wanting to talk solar. What do we want to talk about? And I guess, and I guess, oh, hold on, we're we're recording this on the Gear Websites YouTube channel. We're going to attempt to post it as a, an iTunes podcast, so you'll hear it as a podcast out there potentially. And while the show's live, which is Sunday nights at nine Eastern, nine p.m. Eastern, uh, approximately, uh, the show's live. We're re we're uh, watching it on YouTube, and we have it. Simulcasted, we're embedding it over on gunchannels.com on the Gun Show Loophole Tour tab. So anybody that wants to join into the show, let us know over on Gun Channels, and uh, we've got that posted on the main page and posted it in the lobby. So if you want to jump in and talk about solar or oh, road trips, then uh, let us know. Okay, sorry. So where do we want to go with solar, Bob? Um, I don't know. One of the things I want to say is I, I think a lot of people are scared of solar. They think it's really complicated. And that's one thing. It, it's not. It's really simple. Um, it can be complicated. You can make it as complicated as you want, or you can keep it as simple as you want. Uh, so, yeah, it's just so easy. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. it, it it's it's not expensive. It's, it's like, not hard. And... Uh, so you can you can set yourself up a nice simple one or two battery, you know, with a couple of solar panels, and they don't have to be expensive or big. And they'll keep those two batteries charged. You can run off those. You can run a pile of stuff off two 12 volt deep cycle batteries, right? They don't have to be super expensive or anything like that. Cheap deep cycle batteries you'd use for a trolling motor work fine. You keep saying two, but you're talking like a camper in the van. I have one. And I went to I think Walmart. I think that's right. Bought it. Maybe no, I bought it at O'Reilly's. Maybe. Anyway, just went to the place, bought whatever their deep cycle, like you're saying, for a boat. Yep. But then it's the van, and I run the fan 24/7, and the LED lights, and whenever it's dark out, sometimes even when it's light out, because they don't take any power. And then uh, the laptop, and I'm right now doing the laptop like a sucker through the 120. So that means I'm going from the cigarette lighter to the 120 adapter. So I'm going from the 12 volt battery to 120. Now it's stepping it up and waste on electric and heat. And then going from 120 to power the laptop. And it's I can power the laptop. I can completely charge it, use it, keep it running, and have the the uh, internet dongle running power off the laptop and the phone charging off the laptop. 
uh, hard drives and stuff running off the laptop. So the laptop's not only charging, but it's also running juice to a bunch of you know, devices. Uh, I can let that thing charge whatever, the laptop or the tablet. It can always be charging. Basically, you know what I'm saying is one battery never runs down just charging devices. If you get into refrigerators and microwaves, you need more, but for just your typical fans, devices, and lights, one battery, all you need. Yeah. Um, better charge. Right, and, and that's what it comes down to. Is like if you were running a 12-volt cooler as well, maybe, and, uh, uh, you know, maybe a roof vent fan instead of just that fan in the corner, you know, like they, there's, it wouldn't take a whole lot a whole lot more before you were actually starting to, you know, if you couldn't get it charged the next day, say you had to stay somewhere for a weekend and, uh, you know, you weren't getting a sun, you didn't have solar and, you know, you didn't want to run your vehicle to charge the battery. You'd probably run into problems after a couple of days, depending on how much you're running. Well, and then that's still ifs, but you're right. If you're going off the grid you're not going to be charging up at all. And that's the other option is that, now, depending on what we're talking about putting this in, I guess it could be a vehicle. Like I was thinking about putting one in the cop car already, a second battery. And then uh, you could put it in a trailer or some kind of little well, trailer and then uh, put it in the back of a pickup or the van. Uh, you could put this in a truck box, right? Put it in the back of your bed and have it all contained. It wouldn't even need to touch the vehicle at all except for maybe having a cord with power running to the vehicle. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't need a whole lot of solar. I mean, uh, um, and, and it's so cheap now, right? Like, you can get small solar panels that, you know, 40-watt solar panel, that charges a 12-volt battery on a sunny day real quick. And what it does for you is it maintains that battery's charge. So everything you're running during the day, you're not using any of that battery power. That's the thing. As you're using it, all it has to ever do is, is top it off. And right. app designed to have little pieces taken off and then charge back up. A little bit, charge back up. A little bit, charge back up. Yeah, so you, you'll get better battery life. Um, so basically, just the solar panels and then the little device that costs like $30 that you plug the solar panels into and then you plug the battery into it and it takes it the little brain and it does all the work. And then uh, probably your You'd run something like uh, a USB port or a cigarette lighter or straight into a 120 adapter so you can run 120 off of it. Yeah. I mean, your, your charge controller is just what takes the solar charge and, and feeds it into your batteries evenly <clears throat> or your battery. Um, keeps it from getting overcharged and stuff like that because you don't want to overcharge your batteries either. You'll boil them off. So there's, you know, stuff like that. But that's what your charge controller is for. Um, yeah, and then you get into your inverter. Now, if you're only going to run 12-volt things off that battery, you don't even need an inverter, right? You can wire everything right off the batteries. Well, you might want to put a fuse in it, but... Um, yeah, so you don't need the inverter if you're not going to, like you say, charge a, uh, run a laptop using the laptop uh, inverter or converter or whatever, a laptop cord. You can actually run a laptop right off 12 volt. 
I've got an adapter like that that works in my truck. So I can just plug my truck, you know, power cord into the laptop. I don't need to plug in an inverter or anything. So I think that runs the, the computer more efficiently, which, of course, would give you more um, battery time. I've got a friend that's been putting together, he put basically took an aluminum chassis that fits inside of a medium-sized ammo can, one of those tall ammo cans for 50 cal, I think. Anyway, it's sort of uh, the size of two regular 50 cal ammo cans stacked on top of each other. Anyway, so he's got this aluminum chassis he built that fits inside of that thing and then holds a battery at the bottom. And it's like, a, I don't know if it's for like a stop sign or if it's for a, might be for a, um, like all those things, like a little scooter. Oh, yeah. Like an electric scooter or whatever. Yeah, it basically just barely fits into the ammo can, and then this little aluminum chassis lets them load in and out with the rest of the stuff. And then it's got the inverter and all that. So basically, you have this little ammo can, and then you have your solar panels, and you just set that up. And it charges yep. the battery. Uh, he has the USBs and cigarette lighter. They'll run whatever it happens to want to run, and then uh, everything's right there. And it's self-contained, and it's in an ammo can. And then... Uh, you know, the, the solar panels are either installed somewhere or just portable. Yeah, you just set the solar panels up, lean them up against the ammo can if you need to to get them some sun. Yeah, I think that's his goal. I don't know if I'd put the ammo can out in the sun because it's got the battery in it. Yeah. Yeah, but they're yeah. going to get changed from the solar panels. Well, now he's got a wire, though, so just... But prop the solar panels up in the sun is what you do, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, leave the ammo can in the back of the trunk of a car or something. That's what I was thinking in the cop cars, do something like that. You don't need to permanently install it, and if you want to walk away with it, you could. If you need to leave it somewhere, you could. If you're camping, you could leave it at camp. Yeah, or maybe you wanted to have that kind of power at your table at a gun show or something. Oh, yeah. And about that. So uh, they're talking in the on the gun channel side about getting the uh, 12 volt adapters for your laptop, and that's what I do. Is I get the 12 volt adapters that normally run your laptop off a cigarette lighter in the car, yeah. and I chop the cigarette lighter part off and hardwired into my electronics panel. So now where my uh, battery is like permanently in the back of the van, there's that bench and everything that is built into. And just sticking out the back of the bench, there's a wire that plugs in the one laptop. And now I'll buy this $12 AC or DC power adapter for this new laptop. And there'll just be a second wire sticking out of there. And uh, and then I just plug my laptop into the battery, basically like Bob said, through a fuse, but to the battery on the van. So now the 12-volt battery that is charged either with solar or, in my case, with the alternator um is basically just running my laptop and charging mm -hmm. yeah this thing, see the only thing you really need is if you had a nice little say 30 or 40 watt solar panel up on the roof that sat nice and flat you'd never even see it up there and you'd get constant power going into that battery That's what you, yeah well it's what you keep saying but you can totally see a solar panel i've seen every single every single time there's been a solar panel i've seen it on a van, even if I'm not driving a van, 
But anyway, uh, all I was getting at is that um, what I'm thinking of now is because now I'm going to have two of those laptop wires hanging out of my like bench that I got the battery in. Uh -huh. I'm, and what I'll do is take that wire that plugs into the laptop and give it a universal plug and then just have like an outlet on the side of the bench and then just use whatever patch wire between my laptop and the bench so I don't have to have wires just hanging out. I'll just have them in a bag or stowed somewhere and then uh, choose the right wire and plug it in. Yeah, see the one I got for my laptop, it just came with multiple ends that plugs into the different computers. Oh, it's like a universal 12-volt adapter. Yeah, and you can also change it to whatever voltage your computer, your laptop uses. Because they oh, use I should probably look into buying just one of those and then just plug that in. And then whatever I need, I just tell it at the time. And then no matter whose laptop is using my band, it'll work. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should probably just do that instead. You just got to keep a little, you know, it's a little bag of different ends, you know, little adapter ends. So what I did at the show, uh, I haven't done a video on it or nothing, but um, I basically have a really big panel that's a, a military medical panel for uh, special forces teams that get stuck behind, you know, into the wherever, like remote, austere environments, and they're there without support, so they bring a lot of stuff with them, and it's really big kit, basically it's as large as a door. Like mm -hmm. in a building or whatever, so I'm going to take that and use it as my organizer for the van, I think. And that'll give me a lot of places for wires like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that should work. But yeah, I mean, what, what I want to do, like with my RV, um, it doesn't have, unlike my, my newer fifth wheel actually has 12-volt like plug sockets all over it. So you can plug, you know, if you have your phone adapter, it'll plug in there or, you know, like I say, my laptop will plug into there and stuff like that, which will all run off the, the 12 volt system in the camper. So I don't need to be plugged in or anything. <clears throat> and my new, R, the new old RV I bought doesn't have those. So I'm going to have to add a bunch of those in, but I'm also adding a, a, a 3000 watt inverter in which with enough solar power and batteries will allow me to run the air conditioning and shit like that. Does, are you talking about for your camper now? Or are you talking about for the Ford? For the Ford, yeah, the RV. Does it have a generator? No, it doesn't have one built in. So for stuff like that, is there any way to run... Okay, not for that, for your trailer right where you're yanking the wheels around anyway is there any way to hook up a generator to that to your axle and then as you're dragging your trailer around you're charging a battery oh there probably is um i don't know what that would do to add to drag as well as to wear on the tires because you're going to be putting resistance on the tires well, on the axles maybe but yeah. well no on the tires too because they're going to be harder to turn because you're turning the generator so that's going to cause more air, uh, wear, right? It'd be just like having the brakes slightly on all the time. So it's, yeah. Right. Uh, so you don't have a, a gasoline generator in the Ford? No, no. Now I have one which I could easily adapt to it, but it didn't come with one. 
one that you could adapt to it because there's like a there's like a little place for it where you could have it in there running because i remember having one like yours when i was a kid and we could turn the generator on with a button inside of there and the generator ran like you didn't have to remove it from the hamper it was just in there and it yeah. ran inside of there you hardly even heard it you knew it was on yeah but uh, you could run it for a while charge your batteries and then turn it off yeah i have a space for mine but that's where i'm going to be putting all the uh extra batteries for the solar system so oh so you don't have room to put a smaller one in there or something no i have the, the one i have i can easily make a mount on the rear bumper and just oh. have it you're going to have a thing hanging off your bumper already. You haven't even left Canada and you got stuff welded on your bumper. Oh, you, I got plans for that thing, man. I got to do a whole weld on it. I'm welding up a whole new platform bumper board. So, like, I bought this size camper, but that's not big enough. So, I'm just going to start welding platforms on all around. Kind of, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should see the plans I have for the roof garden. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to, like, cut the top off and then buy a bus, cut the bottom off of the bus, weld them together, and now you got, more like, the upper decker type of things. Yeah, maybe a station wagon. That would look kind of cool. Maybe those one of those, you know, Vista cruisers that got the, you know, the glass on the top and everything. Your, your, your fake El Camino, and you cut that thing, then you'd have, like, an indoor-outdoor thing going on up there. I could turn the box into like a pool. Yeah, well, I, I was gonna say like an outdoor terrace, but yeah, I guess you could make it a pool. That'd be kind of nice, you know. You'd have a hot. You could have a pool up in the air like that. That's got to be. That's got to be good thinking. Oh man, can you imagine going down the highway, sitting in there? You're having a nice hot tub, you know, waving yeah. down at all the truckers. All right, so. Uh, where else are we taking solar? Um, I wanted to talk about that idea of doing a portable box. I like that idea. And then uh, I don't really watch anything on YouTube as far as like Prepper or people that are doing projects like that. Have there been projects on people that have like made ammo cans into solar batteries or solar yeah. generators, I guess? Yeah, I've seen quite a few of those. There's a, a Engineer 775, I think he is. He did one that actually had uh, bicycle cranks. So you could power it that way manually to charge the battery as well as plug in solar or plug in um you know 110 to charge it up or yeah it was pretty cool well that's something else i was going to say then too is i'm thinking about there's not much needed i guess it would just be going out and buying a battery charger and then permanently installing that in the van and then i guess maybe hardwiring it in or else just having it permanently in the van and then uh, have alligator clips that you just go set up when needed because you wouldn't need it very often. But mm -hmm. uh, basically just thinking about doing something a little bit more permanent to uh, make it possible to charge from 120. Because like yeah. if we go to a place where there's camping facilities or like we're at an actual campground, especially if I'm going around with you, you're already at a campground yeah. then why not hook up to it if i got it for free or you know, it's cheap yeah. then uh, and then not have to use the batteries for one and if potentially if it's someplace where i'm going to be using a lot of fans or a little air conditioner or something 
than uh, you know have one one twenty. So uh, I'm thinking about doing some sort of uh, place for a battery char uh, charger, and then uh, wiring some one twenty outlets in there to a permanent cord, permanent like cable, you know, twenty five mm -hmm. foot cable or something. Yeah, well, that'd be really easy to do because really all you'd need is what two, maybe four plugins, right? So you could just have those come out the side of your two. Yeah, like two on one end, two on the other end. I'm thinking like let's say you're someplace and you're going to do some kind of work and you need to plug in or you want some super good lights or radio or something. Right. You're permanently in, so just to make it more convenient. Yeah, just to have like two sticking out the back of the thing, two by the front door, and then. Uh, some sort of a deal where I can maybe through like a wheel well or out the back bumper or off the back door, like underneath where a license plate ends or something. Oh, how cool would it be to just make the license plate flip up? And then behind the license plate, there's a 120 interface. And you just pull the cord out. And or just pull it. Well, not like the, like you're talking about in a camper where you pull the cord, but basically an interface. So I can just take my 25 foot cord and plug it in right away. It wouldn't be too hard to put it in the door. It'd be kind of dumb, though. You don't need to make it hinge with the door all the time for no reason. No, I'd you might might as well just have it come out somewhere underneath, even. You know, just could have a cord hanging out there. You just plug into. Yeah, exactly. Just a little what a female sitting there? No, a male sticking out. So yeah, you... a male with a cover on it, so it doesn't get all grungy and. Just want you can get those little plastic snap-on covers. Just cover the tongs. Yeah, and then uh, put a magnet on it. It'll just keep it stowed wherever. Yep. Oh, yeah, that worked good. And then, you know, you could just have a little, like a two to four amp battery charger just in the little box. And then when you need it to, you plug it into your power that's already in your van and uh, hook that up to your battery so you can keep that battery topped up so that your LED lights and fan and everything that you're running are going to stay running without draining the battery. Yeah, and you go from the cord into uh, the plugs in the camper, or right. in the, and then into the battery charger. So now the battery charger works, but also when you're plugged in, your plugs work. Right, yep. Yeah, so then, yeah. then you can charge and use your plugs without... You'd have like a switch, I guess, on off to turn off the 120 converter, and then uh, just use landline. But yeah. I wouldn't even bother to plug it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even use my inverter onto those plugs. I'd just use the plugins that are in the inverter. Oh no, that's my whole point. I wanted to originally. I have a little, a medium size inverter. I guess it has two plugs, two, yeah. three plug, prong plugs in it, and yeah. uh, I don't want to have to deal with it. So I was going to mount. I did mount the inverter to the bottom of my bench thing back there. Have you seen the van yet? No, I don't think I have this one, no. But you've seen inside of it enough. Like, I've got the bench, and then underneath the bench is the electronics. So I've got the inverter sitting there. My goal was to then just take a piece of old extension cord and plug it into the inverter and then come off of the inverter to uh, the back end of a wall plug in my cabinet or in the little bench. Mm -hmm. So that it was okay. so that basically a little jumper so that I didn't yeah. have to or open it and I never had to like actually plug into the inverter. The yeah. problem with that is, well, you have to have a switch on the inverter because the inverter is super hot and it takes current all the time and it's just super hot. 
so you wouldn't want that thing on all the time but um and then i guess the idea of having a plug also is that uh if you plugged i think with 120 if i were to plug the inverter in one side of the two and then plug you know daisy chain them together and then have the 120 coming out the other end when it's plugged in i don't think it would hurt the inverter uh i wouldn't want to risk it well that's why you'd have the plug the switch there though so they wouldn't be physically connected anyway they'd be unswitched i'd just have i'd just have extra plugins i'd have one you know i'd label the one inverter oh, and no. then i'd just label you know it'll be way subtler than that it'll be the one and it'll just be some kind of complicated switchery you didn't have it switched right and it blows. Yeah. Way somebody can't just come screwing around with my van they have to know the right switch combination okay <laughs> yeah i like i like the kiss principle myself though <laughs> all right so anyhow anything else with solar oh you know what else we have to talk about with solar is cop car i do need to do some sort of a little trickle charger for the cop car because it gets all jealous upset when i don't drive it around yeah um i'd still just go look at you know finding in one of those you know seven watt or whatever solar panels that you can get to just throw in your dash and plug in your cigarette lighter that'd probably keep your battery topped up yeah i need to go into the cop car and redo the electronics on it but that's probably one of the things i'll do i think i'll hardwire it though i don't like the idea of plugging things into a cigarette lighter not in the cop car it looks well, hardwire it and then just, you know, because you, you can wire it right to your battery and then just have it sitting in between the front uh, push bumper or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking anyway, is put it out on, on the bumper. And then yeah. it'll look weird. People will be like, why is there a thing on his bumper? That must be official. That's, that's... Tell everybody it's a solar-powered cop car. Yeah, there's something going on with that solar-powered thing there. It means something. <laughs> All right, so then the next thing is road trips. Yeah. What about road trips, though? I don't know. I don't know if I had in mind what I think I was thinking once we've done. We could talk about our road trips. And it looks like nobody else wants to jump in. So, again, we're broadcasting this on YouTube, and I'm doing it on the Gear Website's YouTube channel. This is a channel that we, uh, I don't know when we built this, back a long time ago, uh, to put up stuff that isn't gun-related, right? Some things like the first aid kits. You know, some people that are into guns will kind of dig first aid kits a little bit, but most of them don't like to think about first aid, so they don't really pay attention to those videos. Um, yeah. Things like a range bag. Yeah, sure, they'll watch a range bag video. But once I get into, like, backpacks and then badge holders, like, you know, it's just stupid stuff that we had videos of. Um, knives, yeah, you can put that stuff on a gun channel, but knives are almost their own thing. But uh, multi-tools, you know, once you get away from gun tools, all these things just weren't, you know, the, the people on the gun channel might or might not be interested in that stuff. And I just wanted to keep it separate. I had enough of this other stuff to do that we built the gear channel a long time ago, right? Basically, right when we built the gun channel, we did them as parallel channels. So we don't use it as much. It's only got the 20,000 subs or something. So it's a relatively small channel in the big stream of things. So um, we're putting it over here, though, because this is obviously more appropriate to this stuff. Although we're talking about the Gun Show Loophole Tour a lot. And um, mm -hmm. we're broadcasting it over at gunchannels.com. So if you do want to jump in and be part of it, then uh, 
Throwing gun channels? Uh-huh. Hold on. Try to see what... Uh... like to remind everybody check out the gear website store <laughs> thanks sorry i'm looking at this thing that dead horse put in here um What's going on with gun rights? Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at this thing. I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just reading through some comments on a, on a Instagram thing. It's funny. So um, anyway, I guess sorry I got lost track there. We were. Uh, I was saying that if anybody wants to jump into the chat, feel free to let us know on the gun channel mm -hmm. side, and we'll send you a link. Yeah, sorry, Brownells posted a picture of a pistol, an AR pistol, with some drama, and it was interesting to see the way people were dealing with it. You know, it's just fascinating sometimes to see the way people are going to freak out or have a fit about stuff. So, uh, anyway, we were kind of saying that we're not really doing gun stuff over here. We're doing the, uh, the van stuff or the vehicle stuff in this chat. The van chat is mostly going to be about the Gun Show Loophole Tour about my van, about Bob's camper or trailer, I guess, and then my trailer whenever I get it going, uh, the cop car, which is probably going to get sold off here sooner than later. Um, but we'll talk about the cop car while it gets fixed up to be sold. And then um, the uh, Gunshow Loophole Tour, the whatever we end up doing next year for the Gunshow Loophole Tour. So anyway, I figured with all that being said, kind of a station ID there during halfway through the show or whatever, um, road trips. I've been going on road trips for a long time. I think from bullshitting with Bob, you've been going on road trips for a long time too, no? Yeah, I originally did them on motorcycles, but yeah, same thing, road trips. Yeah. Do lots well, and lots. Your parents would go down here. You never went with them? No, no. I'd never go down there, yeah. Not with my parents, man. <laughs> but I've always done lots of uh, long-distance roads like driving and stuff on motorcycles and in cars. I mean, I used to live and well, I worked a thousand miles from where my parents lived and I used to drive home every weekend. <laughs> so yeah, you want to do a, a road trip, do 2000 miles on a weekend. See how much time you got left for visiting. <laughs> now, every weekend away once in a while, maybe. Oh, every, no, every weekend. Yeah, it was it was stupid, but I really liked driving, and I had a really cool car, so kind of went together. Yeah, and that's when I was a kid. I used to I didn't I could be talked into driving. Same thing, just fun to do. So I you're older than me. I started going out. Well, I was probably got addicted to going on road trips because my parents were divorced. So I had vacations with either with both my grandparents. 
right? So I'd go on vacations with both of them, and but one of them had a camper, and the other one would go drive places and stay in like cabins and not really motels. Like what usually we stayed in little places that had little cabins. So what do you call that when a hotel is more like little buildings, little like rooms? Cabins or uh, oh yeah, <laughs> chalet. No, it wasn't that way. But anyway, you don't talk about the little little places where you have your own little place. And we yeah. might stay there for like three days or something. So, but, but it was like cheaper, I guess, because then you'd, like my grandma would cook in them instead of going to restaurants all the time. So anyway, both of the times we would travel by road and leave, like go away from wherever it was we lived. And then I didn't vacation with my parents very often, but if we did, it was also to road trips. So whenever I got old enough, um, to do it, I started going on road trips probably in the late 80s and then throughout the 90s and then I, I constantly go on them. I really liked getting out there and driving and now that I've been doing it with less frequency, it's been more and more interesting to see the way the world's changing and what. So when you started driving around, uh, like say for me it was like the late 80s and then throughout the 90s doing most of my road tripping. Uh, what years were you talking about? Well, yeah, if you're talking when I was driving, that would have been, you know, mid-70s. Um, but before that, I mean, I camped with my parents, but that was all up in the north, and that was like, you know, um, the campsites were basically, you know, kind of they clear some bush next to a lake, and that was about it. <laughs> like, you made your own campfire site. and uh, with roads going up to it? There would be roads, but like gravel roads, so like logging trails of some of them, right? But not like get to a place where there's a cabin with facilities and a parking lot. Oh hell no! You know you got your water from the lake, and yeah, there'd be like little dirt trails into the bush to a campsite. Which well, was I'm talking road trips, though, because that's what we're talking about. So when you started doing road trips, what years were you talking? Yeah, about '76. As soon as I could drive, I started doing stuff like that and it'd be like going to places you knew there was going to be a party or a festival or something those were interesting i never thought about that so when i was a little kid i guess what do we call a road trip going over to the next state going i consider a road trip like being gone for an extended period of time like a month or more yeah that's usually what we did when we went camping yeah. for a month yeah Yeah, we're probably talking the same kind of thing. So a couple of times, um, we just got the money together and went. Uh, basically, you know, between school and that kind of thing. So, um, uh, in the comments over here. Keep saying what we missed. We're just talking about road trips. So, um, Oh, I guess I was going to say, so I think the, one of the neater things is the one time, let's see, I'm trying to remember when this was. It was when my friend graduated college, high school and was before he went to college. And I was, what the hell I was doing? I must have been, I didn't go straight to college, so I think I was just kind of not doing anything. So I went with him. And... Uh, we just basically had a general vague idea what we wanted to do, make a big figure eight around the country. But um, on other trips, you know, I've been much more worried about where I'm going and 
having a itinerary and that kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, so I guess back what I was getting at is this, you know, these first trips were back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I mean, you could get AAA. I don't know if you have AAA up there. So we could talk to our parents, AAA or whatever, and our travel agent, maybe, I don't remember, but somebody, and they would give us basically roadmaps of everywhere we were going. And they would even go so far as to like take a highlighter and dry, you know, scribble down some of the roads that they would recommend. And then like hotels that they had known about that were worth stopping at or that were known to be good or something. Yeah. We never really had anything like that. We used to just, you know, get our own maps and there there weren't that many roads <laughs> when I was younger. I mean, if you were going to go somewhere, it was like, <laughs> you know, you had, you're taking this road or you're going to take these gravel roads and they might, you know, you'll probably have to join up with the big road eventually because, you know, just different kind of part of the country, I guess. Never had any AAA or anything like that. If you broke, you fixed it. Well, I don't mean AAA for getting stuck. I mean AAA for that. One of the things that I didn't even know about AAA for getting stuck, I guess. I thought a triple, maybe they did for towing you. But um, the main thing is AAA would plan help you plan a route. Like you'd get maps from them. Like that was half the thing of being a AAA is they would help you figure out how to get to where you're going or what to see when you got there. Um, it kind of depended on what we were doing, if it was like a vacation or if it was just a, you know, let's get here for some occasion. But depending on the trip, you know, they would say, AAA, just like a travel agent, like, here, this is where I'm going. What, what, what's, what is there to see along the way? And they might say, you know, what, for like a family, for like you know, gambling, for whatever. I don't think it was gambling back then. But, you know, the different, there you go, fishing. Like, you know, they ask you what you're doing, and then they tell you what kind of points of interest or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I guess the thing we had in common is that you basically did it on maps, though. Um, when I first started driving around, I don't even remember there being those big books. There was just basically maps, and you'd have to either acquire ahead of time like that, or as you were driving, you stopped at a state and got their map, but you were basically unfolding yeah. map. That's what we used to always do. And I mean, you know, generally you'd have the maps. Maybe you're somebody you knew had been there, like a brother or something like that, and you'd get the map that he used because <laughs> we were cheap. <laughs> Well, that's but, the thing. Roads didn't change that often. No. I don't think they really do now. I mean, if you got a map from back then and a map from now, yeah, there's more roads. But, I mean, rarely was there, like, a massive difference in what actually was going on in the world and what was on your map. Right. Uh, now they're a number on everything. There would just be a little line, and you knew, okay, there's probably a road over here somewhere because there's a little line here between that big one and this little one. Yeah. I think that AAA you're talking about, Fine Ape, mentioned it out there it'd be caa which is canadian automobile association so same oh, thing it turns out they also make parts and accessories for guns in israel yeah oh caa or triple yeah. oh. it's a multi-faceted company Ooh, cool <laughs> but uh yeah i don't remember ever using anything like caa or anything like that i mean that was just you know, I, I came from country stock. We would just go to the library and, you know, get a map and then probably just sketch it out yourself onto a book. <laughs> okay, I want to go to this town and I'm going to turn at this town. 
Yeah, and I don't really get the chance to do it except for when I go to Phoenix, I guess, a little bit. But uh, I keep threatening to like not use Google when I go somewhere. But that's the thing. You would go, I'm going to this town, and I'll take 53, you know, south to 86, and then I'm going to go to 105, and then I'm going to go to 157. Yeah. And then you would just look for those signs. It didn't matter what was else was going on in the world. You were just looking for those signs. Where right. now, you know, Google's like 0.25 miles, turn right, be in this lane. Oh, yeah. super helpful sometimes, but it's also it's a whole different level of driving. You're not really paying attention. I can pay attention to all kinds of other stuff and not really where I'm at. Yeah, and that's the disadvantage is I remember like once I went somewhere twice, I could drive that route without thinking about it, eh? Yeah, exactly. You knew it was the third turn yeah. and then you left next real fast or whatever, yeah. And now you use GPS and you know, there's no way you can find your way back there without the GPS because you paid no attention to what turns you were taking. You were just turning when the machine told you. Yeah, but I've seen every, like, car on the road, and you, like, notice all the little interesting buildings along the way. It's like you're a certain sightseer now. Right. You don't pay attention to no signs unless you feel like it. That is very true. Um I still don't pay attention to science. I just go, oh, I got all this extra attention I can pay to the road and the crazy people on it. I think as you get older, you got to pay more attention to that shit. Now, how often have you taken road trips where you went to hotels along the way? Um, not that often. But the only time I do it is if I'm traveling when I come down in the middle of winter. And I have to use hotels because I can't use the camper or just sleep in the car kind of thing. Can't use the camper. Yeah. I've almost always camped, eh? Like whether it was a camper or a tent or something, right? No. Nope. Well, but definitely had times where um well back in the day, that's what I was gonna say again, is like back in the day when we'd go somewhere we were younger, but we had a, a truck, but uh, it was a Ford Ranger, so it's not like we were going to camp in the back of that thing very often, but we would pull over and just sleep, and uh, but every once in a while, we'd stay in a hotel, but I remember you would just drive around. <laughs> you'd go to like hotel, hotel to hotel, like, how much is this one? Oh, really? And then you'd go to the next one. How much is this one? Oh, shit. And go to the next one? Like, oh, crap, they're all this expensive, and then you have to go back to that first one. Okay, I guess we both stay here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that part. Where nowadays, I mean, I've had to stay in places. Actually, no, not very often. But I can imagine that you just have to go on the thing. Actually, a couple of times in Vegas, right, where we've had to, like, go, oh, shit, now all of a sudden I need a hotel. Go on the Internet, click, click, click. I just found the cheapest hotel. Yep. Yeah, that's a big advantage these days. Although myself, I always just go, you know, Motel 6 because it takes dogs. <laughs> oh, really? Say, so I've always been cheap. So I always go with whatever the cheapest thing is. I mean, maybe the second cheapest. But I always want to know what the cheapest one is and then go from there. Yeah, I'll generally just go, I know Motel 6 is going to take dogs. And I know that they're going to be fairly close to the highway. So I know it's going to be cheap because it's Motel 6. So. Yeah, I'm not worried if I pay in five bucks more than I might somewhere else. It's just not worth it to me. 
I'd hate to see that by the time he was four, he'd memorized all the routes. He traveled more than once. And then we just dropped the window. Because I was before the days of camping. No, free Game Boy. But, um, yeah, I did the same thing. Like, I don't know. I can't help it. If you're driving somewhere, you're going to pay attention to where you're at. I know a couple of times, I think one time my school dropped me off at the wrong place. I was supposed to be way over here. They dropped me off over there. So I was like, oh, crap. And I was a little kid. I didn't know nothing. And this was way before cell phones or anything. Just way before anything. I barely knew what a telephone was, I think. Because I don't really remember the story. But uh, pretty sure my school dropped me off at the wrong place. Or some kind of thing I was at. that They dropped me off at the wrong place. And I just walked to my other place, like my mom's work or something. And everybody was freaking out because they, they thought I was you know, kidnapped or something. I don't know what the hell they thought back in the day. But I just walked away. I'm like, huh, the kid just left. But, uh, yeah, I just, like, walked all the way across town. I'm like, how would you know where to go? I'm like, well, I wasn't. If nobody was here, so I figured you'd be there. Yep. It was a it was a different world. Like when my mother was a, I think five years old, she took a train. I think something like, well, pretty much all the way across Canada. For like a vacation. I remember my mom telling me about stuff like that. Like the yeah, she was going to visit her. She was going to visit her grandparents, so they just put her on the train. Yep. But when she got to the city she was supposed to go to, like that, her grandparents were going to pick her up. They'd got the day wrong, so they weren't there. So oh, she just got a cab and took a cab. <laughs> I would say, she came in and said, "Oh, you got to pay the cab driver." She was five. Like that's how independent kids used to be. Yep. And they're like, "Come on, you couldn't have got a job and paid that cab driver yourself, lazy yeah. kid." <laughs> Damn, your parents didn't send the money for a cab. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't tell you the highway, but back in the day, I could tell you like what billboard was there. Like, as soon as I see this billboard, that's when you start walking to the right. And then yeah. when you see that one place that looks like a zebra, then you turn to the left. Yeah, because all you had to do as a kid was stare out the window of the car. No. So we're talking road trips. I don't know how many tickets I've got. Back in the day, I was happy if I came home with like one or two speeding tickets or you know, tickets, basically. Usually for speeding, I guess. Um, sometimes for stupid stuff. Because it seems like back in the day, and maybe I, I don't know if I just drive better now or if they're just not as jerks as they used to be. But it seems like back in the day, I'd get tickets for like lane changes or going around to turn too fast or just dumb things like that they would just pull you over for. And then maybe I was just a jerk, so they just gave me the ticket. But, you know, the kind of stuff they would just, like, pull you over for to kind of fill you out. And then I think they were just, you know, needed money. So they were like, oh, yeah, you don't live here. Here's a ticket. Thanks for, thanks for showing up. Yeah, I used to get those kind of tickets around my hometown all the time. So uh, it really wasn't that I didn't live there. It was I was being a jerk. Well, I get tickets around home, too. I'm talking tickets from road trips, though. Anyway, what I was good at is I used to collect them all the time. And I wonder if it was a big thing back in the day. I don't know, maybe if it is now even. When it you're is. out, when you get a ticket from like a different state, nobody really cares. Like, this is a fine. Like, you don't get like a big pink on your license, right? I think you do now. Oh, see, back then, I don't know if you really, maybe it was because there was no computers back then. But, you know, it's basically inconsequential. If you got a bunch of tickets in other states, I don't think anybody ever knew. So, anyway, like I say, I would get tickets, and I didn't really care. Maybe I was just a dumb kid. I didn't care. But nowadays, 
There's the cruise control, which is cheating. It's awesome. And I was going to say, I just don't get tickets anymore. I'm knock on wood. But, you know, I don't do crazy stuff and I'm not in any rush usually. So I'm usually driving the speed limit or even under. When I was testing gas mileage and stuff, I was driving 60 and everybody else driving 75. So Rupan is saying that Waze helps you find speed traps. So that's been, I was going to say, that's something that I never really had a problem with. I drove right past all the cops. I, I see some. There were definitely some speed traps out there. But I think some of them are just not so much speed traps, but like I got to do my paperwork. So I'm going to park on the side of the road like this to slow people down because they're just too obvious to be a speed. Oh, yeah. And if they, you know, they might have their radar on. And if you're five or 10 kilometers or miles an hour over the speed limit, they're going to ignore you. But if you come smoking by at 95 in, in a 60 zone, they're going to pull out and get you. And even if then they're going to be mad because you interrupted their paperwork. So you're going to get a hell of a ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They weren't even ready. So now you messed them up and they got to put all the shit down. So, yeah, you're not getting away from that. one. Yeah. But I think most of the time I, I feel and like I say, I think this may be because we've gotten older and we're more um, maybe more cautious or at least slightly more law-abiding drivers but yeah i don't get pulled over hardly at all anymore which is amazing because i do speed a lot that's my one foible i'll stop at every stop sign and all that but that's what i tournament. yeah i don't stop long enough so i've been pulled over for not stopping long enough more than anything i, I used to when i was a kid they'd always get me on that so i got real anal about it so I now I do yeah. too. I can't afford no damn tickets, so I I sit there forever now. Yeah, well, I think might also have to do something with. I spent so many years on the motorcycle, and I used to hate that people come up to a stop sign and wouldn't stop. You know, because those were the ones they would they'd be rolling into it and going, "Should I stop? There's a vehicle coming. Should I stop? Oh, it's a motorcycle, and they'll just roll on out in front of you, and you know, have to pile on the binders. You so, break. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's hard to motorcycles can stop faster and start faster than everybody, so it's hard to. Well, it depends on the traction, right? Now, if there's a little sand or maybe somebody spilled some diesel oil on the road, that's just going to put the biker down on his ass. So, yeah. Huh. And they actually don't stop that much faster. A car can stop, especially the new cars with ABS and big fat sticky tires. They'll stop freaking fast. Well, yeah, they got four tires too to stop. A lot more contact area. <laughs> anyway, I definitely think road trips are a lot different and uh, still interesting. Um, I can remember that first trips when we just would leave, basically, with money and time. Those were the funnest because you could just kind of wander. So we would just, you know, get to a T intersection and decide which way we we're going to go. And then sometimes get our bearings once we figured out where we were kind of thing. But you know, there was probably days at a time at least where we were just taking lefts and right and just driving down, seeing neighborhoods and driving through little towns and stuff and uh, checking out little crazy restaurants and stuff in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we used to have bars and motorcycles. Drive around, find bars. And well, see, we were like, like 18 and 19, so we were too young for all that still. This was already, everything was 21 then. We, we were 18, 19, but, yeah, we could drink at that age. <clears throat> but, yeah, I spent lots of nights just curled up in a sleeping bag next to the motorcycle parked on a, you know, a field approach or something. 
Yeah, we go to uh, wherever, just park on the side of the road someplace where we aren't going to get run over, and then just, yeah, throw up a tent or... Yep. Uh, depending on where you are, there's forests and stuff, so just find a national park and camp. Yeah. A lot of times, at least back then, you know, we are cheap, so we'd try to camp and get the hell out of there before you had to put $10 in or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, generally, if you go in there late at night and leave early in the morning, they'll never even know you were there. <laughs> Right, and all you know, they know they were there because they put a ticket on your car or whatever to pay. So as long as you got out of there before they found you, that was like free camping or free staying. Yeah, that still happens. I've still had that happen to me today, you know. And these days, you know, stop at a at a campground that's after seven when you come in, so there's nobody there. So you find yourself an empty spot. You park. You spend the night, and then you're up in the morning, you know, wanting to hit the road, and there's still nobody at the office yet. Well, maybe it's a Sunday. You know, there's nobody going to be in today. Well, <laughs> damn, the sewer thing's locked. They just dump their shit into their driveway. <laughs> now, I don't steal from campgrounds, but back in the day, we definitely camped at campgrounds. Okay. Well, I'm not talking like private ones. I'm talking like uh, national parks and stuff. Yeah, national parks. Yeah, and a lot of them, I mean, like, it depends on what the budget's like in the state. They might not have anybody there on the weekend. No, exactly. They basically got a volunteer that comes up on Monday, collects all the tickets. They don't have law enforcement going up and checking all weekend long at every little park at every little place. And I'm sure some places there are. Yeah, but, well, if they get a reputation for crazy parties on the weekends or something, then, yeah, the cops will probably be in there. But they're not looking to make you pay your camping dues. <laughs> Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they'd have to be almost like a meter mate to be checking for that. Yeah. But All yeah, right. those kind of road trips are the most fun where there's no plan involved. And probably the second favorite is if you, you're going somewhere, but you've got lots of time to get there. Yeah. And you don't have a set route. You're just going to, you just got to get there by this time sometime next week. And it's only going to take you two days to drive there. So, well, let's go see what this is over here. And let's go see what that is over there. And Those are fun. So who was it in here? Who was on the YouTube side? Ape was saying, more than 48 hours and over 100 miles is a road trip. I guess that makes sense. Something that takes, like, more than a weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sensible. All right, well, I guess that's around in about an hour. Um, that was our van chat for tonight. We'll uh, keep working on these and give us some feedback on them, leave us some comments once it's rendered into a video, and uh, give us some feedback on it. Let us know if we should dig more into it or keep it brief like this. And uh, we'll continue to do this uh, about 7 o'clock in the evening on Sundays. Uh, we're going to be doing the um, Daily Gun Show in the evenings now, so stay tuned for that tomorrow going forward. And then uh, started doing a tool chat on uh, Saturdays, so going nuts with the chats. We're also going to be doing an Arizona chat here sooner than later. So uh, lots of new stuff on the horizon for the new year, and uh, follow along to the right. All right. Anything else to throw at him? Yeah, subscribe to BikerBob59. I'm up to 126 subs now. 
or 826, I should say. What was it say? I thought you said it was like 800 something. Yeah, so, no, so, put a link to the channel in the description, eh? Yeah. All right. We'll see you in about a week.